when you sent me the links to the podcast and everything, and you were telling me about the show, it was like, we need more of this. I need to support this. So I'm thrilled to be here. This is Atticus's American Story. Welcome to another episode of We the People, Our American Story. It is no exaggeration to say that I watched this young man grow up, but so have millions of other people. You will know his character as Brick Heck on the middle, and I am absolutely humbled and thrilled to welcome Atticus Schaefer. Atticus, welcome. Hello, my dear friend. How are you? I am so excited to have you here today. This is going to be so much fun. Oh my goodness. Yes, it is. I'm so happy to be here as well. You know, I came across your Instagram account by accident. I don't even know how, but I'm like, oh, Atticus. (laughs) I looked at it and what immediately caught my eye was your patriotism and love for this great country. Absolutely. And it was so funny because as soon as I scrolled through all of your posts, I immediately sent you a message and I thought, I'm not going to hear back from him. And the next day, (laughs) I think I showed my kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. Atticus, he responded to me. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy that you did. As I mentioned to you before we started recording this, you're my first interview of 2022. When you had reached out to me and I was able to take a look at your previous podcasts and really what you're doing here on the show, I I knew we, well, number one, we need more things like this going on, especially for our country. But given that you are are, uh, kind of spearheading this, I was like, I need to support this. This is super cool. That means a great deal to me. And I see you're representing today in your American shirt. That's Absolutely. good. <laughs> Absolutely. A little grunt style action. <laughs> well, let's get started at the beginning. Excellent. Can you tell me a little bit about your family background? Absolutely. So, you know, my, uh, my family background, we, uh, well, my mom has always been my hero. And um, my mom, I'm taking that line from Brick for a reason, because my mom really is the person who not only raised me, but if it wasn't for her, I would not even be able to walk. So a lot of people don't know, I have a genetic condition called osteogenesis imperfecta, and the slang for it is brittle bone disease, but it goes far beyond just that. But that's why I'm a little bit more of a hobbit. <laughs> and, Hobbits are uh, good. You're a nerd, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Even and you can see it here uh, through this call, but I have my welcome to the hobbit hole sign that my very dear best friend, Rachel, gifted me for Christmas this year. And it's very fitting for me. I have been through the ringer. Uh, I understand what true pain is. I've been through surgeries and fractures and uh, my mom and I both have endured illness and everything, everything that you can think of. And so if it wasn't for my mom really championing me and fighting for me, even when I was a, a baby, I would not be the man that I am today. I give her immense kudos for what she's done in raising me. Um, and actually, she's the reason why I am so patriotic as well. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, my mom is a hard, hardworking woman. I mean, she's done everything from being a librarian to clerical to in rough times, cleaning people's houses when she was enduring breast cancer. She is not afraid of work. Our family, my mom's family, they are uh, off the boat from Poland uh, back at the turn of the century uh, in the 1900s. Uh, They were farmers back in the old country. They came here and continued the hard work of farming. And then somehow through a course of events, they navigated their way out to California. And my mom is a native Californian as well as I am. 
But my mom has always taught me the, the ethics of hard work and what it means to work hard. And one of the beautiful things that I always see about our country is that here you can do hard work and it will pay off. You can reap the fruits of your own labor. Uh, but even more than that, I am a very big advocate for our nation's military, uh, for veterans. One of my earliest memories is my mom and I, we were walking, I think, down by the beach somewhere. My dad was holding me. My mom looked over and saw a vet who had lost both of his legs. He was sitting in an electric wheelchair. He had the cup uh, for any generous donations that people would give to him. And it, he had the sign. And she immediately stopped. She was carrying me. She handed me off to my dad. And then she went and walked over, pulled out a $20 bill and gave it to him. And when she came back, I had asked her why she did that. And she turned to me and she said, you know, that man, he is like that. He lost both of his legs because he was fighting for our freedom in a foreign country. And so the least that we can do is acknowledge him and get back to him. And when she walked up to him and gave him that, nobody was walking up to him. And this is even back, you know, 20 years ago. Nobody was walking up to him. Nobody was helping him. And when she gave him that money and she had spoke to him, I could not hear the words. I couldn't see what she was saying, but the look on his face changed to this look of I'm not invisible and I'm acknowledged. And that little love offering that was given, it spoke to me so much and it permeated me so deeply. And I've had this love and admiration for the military ever since. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. If you've listened to some of my podcast episodes, I speak mm -hmm. to a lot of wounded warriors and they are incredible people. Absolutely. And Absolutely. all of them that I talked to would tell me that even though they have suffered traumatic injuries, PTSD, that mm -hmm. they would do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is courage at its finest. And I think even nowadays uh, in our country, especially in speaking from my generation, there's a very, <laughs> <laughs> there's a very distorted view of courage. There is no concept of selflessness anymore. And that, is, that I really think that that has hurt our country greatly. Uh, I really, I agree with you there, that courage is this concept where you are afraid. It is not pleasant. It isn't something you necessarily are wanting to do. And yet you go anyway, you do it anyway. And uh, like you, I've had the, especially through the show and everything, I've had the blessing of being able to meet many, many veterans, many servicemen. I'm friends with many of them. I've worked with many of them. And I have found exactly as you have found the real warrior spirit, warrior poets we have in this country. They are some of the most outstanding people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and speaking. Hearing their dance and their warrior ethos, et cetera, it's, it's so beautiful for me. You are very wise for such a young man. You're how old? Are you 23? I'm 23. I'll be 24 in June, actually. That is very wise for someone from your generation, I have to say. Not saying Thank anything so bad about your generation. <laughs> that is very wise, Atticus. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that. How did this whole acting thing come into play? You know, it's it's funny. It's literally something I fell into. I was not birthed and mom held me up like the Lion King and said he'll be an actor. Um, no, it was literally something I fell into. I was a homeschool child. And uh, even from a very early age, my mom knows the value of books, as you can see behind me by, by my very full and packed bookshelf. So you and Brick have that in common. Yes, we do. Absolutely. You know, to be able to read and, and tell stories and all that, it, it's so beautiful to be able to do. And my mom taught me how to love that from a very early age. And uh, mom and I, we would always read out loud and read storybooks together and do character voices and whatever, just simply because it was fun. And that made reading and storytelling and story reading fun. 
And uh, when I was six years old, I became the poster child for my hospital because of my condition. And I would have to go to banquets and make speeches. And it never bothered me. I enjoyed being able to write up speeches. And of course, mom would help me with verbiage, but I would be the storyteller, you know, and I would go up and uh, do speeches at banquets and, and football games and stuff like that. And it never bothered me. I enjoyed it. And at the very end of my being a poster child for a year, I was doing a, a charity football game and I had to make a halftime speech. And there's mom with a little camcorder up in the stands. And as she's watching me and, and, and kind of hearing and appreciating the reaction from the crowd, she just said to herself, there's got to be more to it than this. And all the glory to God, because I know that it was him who kind of led me and guided me and my mom in this, in this adventure. Through a course of events, we met a manager who said, yes, I'd love to take you on. My mom had thought I might be a cute book on tape reader or a cartoon character. But the manager said, you know, you might find something in theatrical as well, which is on camera work. And after we had signed on a month later, I was accidentally sent on an audition for a guest star role for a CBS show called The Class that was directed by James Burroughs. And I booked it and everything snowballed from there. <laughs> well, how long after that did you get the role of Brick? So it's funny. A lot of people don't know that the, the middle actually had two pilots. Um, the first pilot uh, was with a completely different cast beside myself. And I got that job about three months after I got into the industry. And so we had filmed the pilot. The original mom was actually Ricky Lake. Uh, <laughs> the original dad was Lex Medlin. Yes. And so we had worked together and the concept was amazing. And everybody knew the concept was amazing, but it didn't get picked up. And even at that time, there was this knowing that mm, it, it's not over. And about a year and a half later, I got a call that from Eileen Heisler and Deanne Helene, the creators of the show. They took me to brunch with my mom. They had said, we're getting another shot and we can't do the show without you as Brick. And so I was very blessed to be able to come back. And then from that point on, when we filmed that pilot, which is with the cast that you, uh, everyone, you know, the viewership all knows, everybody knew we were going to get picked up. We just felt it. And even when we ended filming, we all were saying, see you next episode. I can't imagine Ricky Lake playing Frankie. Believe me, though, she was a great Frankie. She really? really I just can't and imagine Ricky, Ricky. anybody else playing that besides Patricia Heaton. Well, <laughs> after 10 years of doing it, of course, I don't blame you. But me yeah. being back there, I love working with Ricky. Ricky was such a sweetheart to me. Absolutely so nice and kind. It was amazing even then. But then obviously now after 10 years, it's, it went the way that it went. Well, you know what? If um, you were paid the residuals off of just our family watching it, <laughs> <laughs> with every time we watch it on our dvr atticus you'd be set just on that <laughs> listen you guys are the reason i can eat taco bell every week i'm so thankful there Thank you go you. yeah well you know i think that show the writing is so good mm -hmm. the acting is great and it's so relatable that people could understand absolutely can I just read you a few lines that I love from you? Please, from your character, absolutely. Brick? I made some new friends. I mean, I stand near them and they don't ask me to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Or, of course, Brick's love of font. Yes. Your choice of font says more about you than the words it's written in. And it's so true. The famous, that's just crackers on butter. <laughs> and how about this one? And I have to do it in this voice. 
you're gonna love our pizza. Oh no. Oh my. <laughs> that is single-handedly the most quoted line to me that I really? will get. Really, hands down. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know what I love too? And my daughter, when she was little, used to do it all the time. It had to have been from the first or second season where Frankie gets in the church choir for yes. the Christmas. Is that the first, second season? That's the first season. First that season. was our very first Christmas episode. Mike has told Brick that he can't mutter anymore because Santa Claus won't come. Right. And so you have this thing that my daughter used to do all the time. I was like, oh no, oh no, I can't yes. stop. I can't stop. <laughs> I love yes. that. And then when you find, what is it you find under the seat the second time you almost die after the car slides? <laughs> yes. And it was like that restored him. He got hope again. Yes. 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 But speaking of your love for books, this is very apropos, I think. And yes. you're saying this to Axel or Brick is saying this to Axel, I should say, Atticus is not Brick. Thank you. <laughs> okay. How about this? I don't play sports. This is so sad, but yet it's so sweet at the same time. Yes. I don't play sports. I don't exactly have a ton of friends. I have books. You don't read. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. You don't know what it's like to live in different worlds, to travel on great adventures through the galaxy with people you know better than your own family, to live and die with them. These are my friends, my best friends in the world. It's sad, but it's also so sweet. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. And you know, I, I think that line, you're reminding me afresh of that line, because that is a line that I have had a few people who have spoken back to me and, and how much they relate to it. And it is such a relatable line. And I really think even into the world of true artistry, because if you go back even to the greats like J.R.R. Tolkien and, and uh, C.S. Lewis, etc., this is that mindset where you are creating these worlds, these environments. And this is kind of how the draw of television and movies and all that stuff began is through books and through writing like that. He's connecting to it on the most basic level. Was Brick a time traveler? You know what I'm speaking of. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I do. And he, could, he very well could have been. We don't know. And did Brick marry Cindy? There's an Easter egg. I'm going to give a very polite spoiler alert to anyone who has not seen the ending of the show. Okay. Uh, but I'm assuming you have, right? Oh, a, so, about a bajillion times. Fantastic. So <laughs> the flash forward scene where Brick is older and he's an author. About his magical scene, backpack. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And isn't the microfiche in there as well? Or no? Yes, of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> but that scene, actually, I was the one who made that scene what it was. When you read the original script, originally it was just the young, the young man coming up to Brick, who's a fan and talking about it, but that's it. And I had actually pitched to Eileen Heisler a way of improving that scene by showing Brick and saying, you know, our makeup guy, he's excellent. He can do anything. He can make me look older and I can change my voice to sound like an older man. Allow me the chance to speak and let's actually show Brick who he is. But it went even further than that, because if you look at my hand, uh, you will see that Brick has a wedding band on. And that was something I had spoken with the prop department with. And I said, Brick is married to Cindy. I just talked to Eileen about it. So give Brick a wedding band for the flash forward scene. And they had it. And I kind of specifically staged my hand so it would be there and be visible for people to see. That was the scene that I got to be at the helm of. I really love that. I understand at what one point there was going to be a spinoff with Sue. Is that right? Yes, there was. It got scrapped because it was nothing like the original show. 
the show needs to be the family. Yeah, it's hard to capture that magic. And I am not lying too when I say, I swear, I'll be sitting there watching an episode and I'll hear a line that I have just never absorbed before and it will absolutely crack me up. I don't know why the writing is so good in that show. Absolutely. You know, we could talk about, I think, which is really prevalent today is bullying. Yes. Because Brick was the subject of that a lot. And he had to endure a great deal of bullying. He was a different kid. Absolutely. How did that impact you? This is such an excellent question. I'm so happy that we're on this topic because even in the middle, that is an era of bullying that really is past and bullying has taken on a new form. And we should touch on that in a minute. But as far as to directly answer your question about how that affected me, you know, my mom has always taught me, be yourself. You do not need to succumb to peer pressure. You be you. And the right people will come into your life who can be your friends and colleagues and whatever your life ends up being. Never give up. Always be yourself is what my mom would always tell me. And I think that is so true. But you do in life face bullying. You do face people who do who don't want to agree to disagree and they want to force themselves upon you. While that is not fair and that is cruel uh, to an extent, it is real. It's a real issue that we all face. And that's what I loved about Brick is in making Brick, in being able to put myself into Brick, I was able to bring with me the notion and the idea and the philosophy of follow the beat of your own drummer. You are allowed to be you. It is okay to be you. You don't need to feel bad about being unique. You're made that way. I think that that's very important and such a beautiful aspect to show and to share, especially because this was a show that people of my generation were growing up with me and could witness me grow up and witness others grow up who were my age and have that be a consistent message to the show, I think is incredibly important. You know, unfortunately, now we have to uh, handle bullying in a completely different way because now you have the keyboard assassins who are out there and cyberbullying is a thing. And even now, as an adult, I have faced many horrifically ugly comments come my way that they are emboldened to say that because they, they have the protection of anonymity behind the screen. And so that's the unfortunate part about the internet and social media. But if you can find a way to have that tough skin and to not absorb what those ugly comments are, what those ugly people are saying of you, while that is a challenge and that's unfortunately a skill set that needs to be learned, you are all the better for it if you can endure through that. What do you and Brick have in common? We've mentioned books. Is there anything else? You know, really, it's funny. Brick is very much me. I'm really outside of licking cars. And, <laughs> I and, love that episode with the broken doll. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> That's the, one of my outside of licking cars and the <laughs> and the font cast. I was the one who really came in and filled in Brick. Uh, there was a lot of stuff from my life, everything ranging from the love of history to the Sergeant McKinsey episode of Halloween, to Legos, to everything that actually originated from me. You knew who the Sergeant McKenzie was? Yes, that actually was me. And I had shared it with the writers. That was a real story that happened to me. And then when I shared it with the writers, and then they said, can we make an episode of it? Sure, (laughs) go ahead. I know you'll do it anyway. Um, But yes, that was me. Because again, the love of military, and I was of of a more mature mindset. I was watching We Were Soldiers when I was like nine. Really? I love this song. Oh, yeah. I love this song, Sergeant McKenzie. What's the history behind it? You know, three Google searches (laughs) later. 
I know what it is. And I'm coming up to mom. Mom, can you make me a Sergeant McKenzie costume for Halloween? Sure. <laughs> How great is that, that you were able to put so much of yourself into that character? Oh, very much. It is terrific. And please tell me that that set was a fun place to work. I don't want to hear that it was miserable and that people were awful. Please don't tell me that. It'll just ruin everything. <laughs> I won't go into great detail. I can tell you this. You will always have to, unfortunately, deal with difficult people oh, when sure. you're on a set of 250 people. Well, that's right? anywhere, right? Right. That's at McDonald's. That's at the corporate office. I can tell you with certainty, out of any of the shows, with maybe the exception of The Walking Dead, out of any of the shows that I could have been on, that was the set that I was happiest that I could be a part of, hands down. Well, now I have to ask, when were you on The Walking Dead? No, I'm saying, uh, wishful thinking, oh. if I could have picked any set to be on, Walking Dead would have beat out the middle. But okay. because I didn't have that choice, I was happy to be on the middle. Have you watched all the seasons of The Walking Dead? Almost all of them. Okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm caught up now. I think I quit after the smashing in of the heads after, with the bat. That kind of I don't blame you. I did too. <laughs> I, I, I stopped watching that first half of that season. I came in when they beat me. Again. Okay, so I was thinking, did he come on after that? What? <laughs> I was a savior. Yeah, I was there with my little hammer fighting zombies. No. <laughs> well, let's talk about this nerdy part of you because I'm yes. a nerd too. What is Fantastic. nerdy about you? Oh my goodness, everything. My mom taught me how to love to learn and how to learn. So anytime I can research something, I do. I definitely got into the whole kind of prepping thing, of course, from The Walking Dead, like how to prepare for a zombie apocalypse. I learned different things like water purification. And, and of course, I would collect little military surplus gear and stuff like that because my love of military. But I'm also an avid gamer. And that's kind of actually what has led into what I do now for work, which I'm so blessed by, is content creation for YouTube and Twitch. And for anybody who might be listening and they don't know, Twitch is a live streaming website, very similar to YouTube, except it's for live streaming as opposed to just videos. And what I do is I do work where I essentially play through video games, but it's from the perspective of a Christian and a more patriotic person. What's really happened is this wonderful like-minded community has formed and wonderful friendships have been made with people all across the world. Um, it's really just this wonderful, safe place to have fellowship together and to have fun and laugh and slay zombies and go through little survival adventures or whatever the game might be. But yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I'm very happy about it. What games do you play? I'm big onto like the action-y kind of games. So I love Call of Duty. Uh, there's a game called Escape from Tarkov that I'm, it's kind of my addiction. It's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> And actually, one of the things that I've done, which I'm very passionate about, and I'm very excited about, is I play a game that's called Seven Days to Die. It's a zombie video game, and the, the way that it is is the infection. If you get infected, it takes you seven days to turn in the game world. But it's this open world, little non-linear, non-scripted sort of game. And what I've done, actually, through the help of some friends I've made in this community, is I've actually taken the streams that... I did uh, of this game and I turned it into a series. We, we're all role-playing as characters. And the goal is to essentially take the stimulus that occurs to us in the game while we're in character, edit it down and make a studio level quality series out of it. And while the first episode drops this Friday, which will be March 4th at the time of this recording, while it hasn't aired yet, I really think that we have actually achieved that goal. I even got my amazingly talented musician friend, Mark Wemberley, to do an original soundtrack for the piece. And it just, it's 
so exciting that even though we are very limited and restricted because of the virus and because of all the new statutes and union policies and all this other stuff, that it's wonderful to be able to find a way to be creative and to just go tell the story. Well, I'll definitely make sure that we get exactly where to go for that to see you. I want to bring it back to your voiceovers. You mentioned at the first that your mom thought you might be cute as doing voiceovers, which you have had great success with, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm very, very fortunate in that. Voiceover work is so wonderful because unlike a theatrical on-camera job where you have wardrobe, you have makeup, you have lighting, you have all these different things that kind of tell the story and uh, place the actor into a character. With voiceover, it's purely just your imagination and your voice. And you have to convey everything through that. And then the animators, of course, come in hearing your voice and they can draw in uh, whatever the character is doing. But voiceover work has been such an amazing creative outlet for me. I've been very fortunate to be a part of the uh, uh, Lion King sequel series, The Lion Guard. I've been able to work with Tim Burton and Frank and Weenie and a plethora of other uh, Disney shows, Netflix shows, DreamWorks shows, etc. And each project is wonderfully unique. Each project I get to work with amazingly talented voiceover actors and actresses who are just a pleasure to work with. And uh, it is, it, it's so much fun creatively. It's so creatively satisfying. Do you still work in that or acting or have you taken a break from that, you're done with that, and you're on to the streaming? You know, while streaming, I would definitely say is my primary source of income now, just because of, again, the virus and how much Hollywood has changed. I am still in the industry, and I do audition actively, uh, especially for voiceover stuff, because that seems to be an easier thing to work in, uh, an easier arena to work in. There's less guidelines to have to adhere to. I've actually done several projects since the ending of the show, uh, to name off the top of my head is Arlo the Alligator Boy on Netflix. That's an animated movie. I played like four different voices in that. You're kidding. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a Disney show called Fire Buds. I play a villain in that and that has been released. Yeah, there's definitely stuff that's been in the works and continues to be. You know, Atticus, as we are talking, uh, mm-hmm. today is March the 2nd and it is a hard time in the world right now. There are a lot of heavy hearts, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety. And Mm -hmm. I know that you have a strong faith in God. Absolutely. And I'm wondering through difficult times, maybe right now, as the world is having such a difficult time or in your own personal life, how do you use that faith to keep yourself grounded and have hope and stay positive about what lies ahead? That is an excellent question, and, and, and this is truly an outstanding place to talk about that. I have been in places of great depression, anxiety in my life. I've had to go through a lot of hardship, as I mentioned in the beginning, with physical pain uh, and the emotional pain that physical pain can bring. And of course, as you're saying, we have events that we've had to endure, not just here and now in the present, but over the past multiple years. Um, where it is, it is national and global hardship. And it is very difficult. It's very difficult when we live in a day and age where things that were commonplace, ranging anywhere from common sense and logic to in being a person of faith or understanding of the real true differences between a moral right and wrong and a truth and a lie. Um, we live in a place where that is completely on its head and distorted. So there are a lot of times where you feel like a black sheep and it's almost where you need to accept that you are a black sheep and fully commit to that. 
because when you do, especially as a Christian and as a true patriot of our country, you are still on the side of truth. You are on the side of what is right. And knowing that brings such an amazing peace to your heart and to your mind. Yes, you might get flack from other people and you might have to endure hardship, but you know who you are. And one of the things that really has, as, as I age, as I grow from a child into a teenager, and obviously I had a very unique childhood and teenage years, and now as an adult, and I'm really making my own decisions uh, as an adult man, one of the things that I've really come to realize is ultimately what it boils down to is who are you between you and God? And nothing else matters. And this circles back to be yourself and don't succumb to peer pressure and what is occurring around you. And God has an answer literally for everything. And everything that is going on now has been predicted in the Bible. It's, it's no surprise. When you really begin to study the Bible and you ask God to show you the truth, he does, uh, especially if you're open to it. And so if you pay attention and you really listen to him um, and listen to what he says in his word, and again, that's a very specific thing. It's what he says of his word, not what a man says of his word. You are able to have a peace of mind and a knowing and an acceptance of whatever might lie ahead, knowing that God is faithful. He is with you and he, he will not leave you nor forsake you. And actually, even in the Bible too, it says multiple times, I think more times than any command is to fear not. And that isn't just the absence of fear, which I mistakenly believed for a very long time. It is not the absence of fear. It is when fear rears its ugly head, you choose to ignore it and choose to believe God's truth instead. And it is this lifestyle. Um, but it is. It's very much a dedication to reading his word, to absorbing him, and to continuing relationship with him, which he freely gives to us. And he gave that opportunity to us through Christ. And so even in times like this, where especially where I live in the state of California, there is very little people who believe like I believe or who have been raised the way that I have been raised. Hence why I'm still single. Um, <laughs> but, but You need is. to come it, to Utah then, Atticus. Hey, <laughs> That's where right. I you am. Know, I've thought of Utah multiple times, believe really? me. I had, a, I had a friend of mine move to Utah, her and her husband, and they absolutely adore it there just a half hour outside of Salt Lake City. Next time you're in Utah, I, oh my gosh, my kids would just go nuts to meet you. Can Sounds I just good. tell I'll, you? I'll treat we, you to lunch. Perfect. We've got a vacation plan then. Yes, Excellent. please do. But yes, all in all, you know, it really is, if, if it was not for my faith, even with my faith, I'm still a human. I am not perfect. And there are times where I get to that worry, oh man, <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> but yeah. been given that, we are living through history. There are things that unfortunately we as mere humans cannot change, but what we can affect is what is in our immediate vicinity. And I know that I can still be the best son that I can be to my mom as she has been the best mother that she could be to me. I can still be a good advocate of the truth in this wonderful community that, that has been formed on YouTube and Twitch that I get to be a part of and I get to do for work. I get to speak with outstanding people like you and we get to speak the truth together through platforms like this to whoever will listen. And so I'm very grateful for that. And if that's all that I'm able to do, that is still a lot in comparison to, to opportunities that other people might have. And I do not take that for granted. And I'm just thankful for God. And I live in this state of gratitude for everything from the food that I eat to being able to sleep soundly at night. I saw, I think, where would I see it? Because so, who knows? Not everything is true on the internet, right? Or well, it? that's true. Wait, it's not? <laughs> but I read something about how you and your mom would study the Bible together. 
Do you yes. still do that? You know, we kind of deviated because where my mom is at, unfortunately, now is she's endured a very bad injury. And unfortunately, the medical system out here has not helped her the way that, in my opinion, it should. I think that they taken this injury that she has, and instead of viewing it as an injury to treat, they are unfortunately viewing it as just her age, which really is not even a factor. She does not quantify for that to be a factor. And so they're brushing her off more than helping her. So we unfortunately are in this position of needing to find where to get her a doctor who will actually listen to her and then help her with this injury that she sustained in her back. So unfortunately, because of that, kind of our life has turned on its head where we did have a nice structure and a routine before where we could study the Bible together. Uh, We do watch sermons together now, which Mm -hmm. is wonderful, but I've kind of taken over the studying of the Bible where I can because I'm needing to do more to help out here at our little homestead. She's obviously needing to rest and she has to endure pain, but we still have amazing discussions and wherever we can, um, if something speaks to me or she reads something from the word or a piece of scripture that speaks to her, we have these wonderful discussions about it and research it and really kind of tear it apart. And it's very much a blessing for us. Well, I have two questions for you. Is I'm wondering maybe at the darkest, because we all have the darkest, the dark side of our, our life where things just seem impossible and you are in a deep, dark hole in a time like that, when you've experienced that, how did you climb up out of that hole? It's an excellent question. And the reality is I learned this actually just last night and it is so wonderfully applicable to now. There are many times because of, uh, again, misinformation that gets put out in the world that even in the Christian faith that you need to do things in order to be close to God or to be healthier or whatever. And yes, there are times where faith without works is dead and you need to take action when the spirit presses upon you something. But the reality is, is God is the one who is your storyteller. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. And thankfully, what I've come to realize uh, is that God does not leave anything half done and that in his timing, there is a time and a season for everything, even dark moments like this uh, with injury and pain and what have you. And for me personally, me needing to make my own decisions in my walk with Christ, uh, the decision to be dedicated and disciplined to studying his word is paramount because that is an unfiltered way of being able to learn God's character. And that is his way of him speaking to you because you get to know his promises, the truth, et cetera. And actually it's funny because whenever I would face an adversity, one way or another, a piece of scripture would come up that completely counters and undoes the untruth that might be facing me. Um, And again, that could be a lie of fear. That could be spiritual warfare. That could be, again, the bullying, the cyberbullying, whatever it might be. Uh, answers to pain, to suffering, etc. That is the truth. This is a great message for any person who might be of my generation or really anyone. Um, there does come a time, and, and that time is now frequently, where you need to daily wake up and do as Joshua did in the Old Testament, where he says, choose on this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I fell for the lie for a long time, thinking that you make the choice once and you're done. And that's mm. not true. Every day you wake up, you need to make a choice to say, God, I choose to believe your truth and I'm going to serve you. Uh, This might be hard. This hardship is going on. This calamity might befall us, whatever. But come what may, you are still on the throne and I serve you. I belong to you. And so I think once once I realized that I'm not beholden 
as a slave to hardship. Hardship may occur, but there can be purpose in it. That really was something that was a lifeline that that can pull one out of a dark time. Well, that was going to be my second question was a scripture that helps you. And you mm-hmm. said one, is there any others that really help you get through the day when it's not that great? Two Old Testament scriptures. And it's funny because they are Old Testament scriptures, but they're scriptures of prophets. So meaning they, they point to Jesus. Um, and it's funny because for Christmas, my mom gave me this necklace, which is so sweet. I don't know if it can be seen, <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it's, it's little on me. And uh, through my camera, but it's of Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And it's actually funny because I literally had three different events that pointed to this scripture specifically for the year of 2022, which I thought was so beautiful. The first and foremost one was this necklace that my mom gave me. The second one was a, uh, was actually a little pocket knife. Uh, I don't know if you know it or, or whatever, but they're, they're called case knives. And they're these collectible kind of old school little trapper style knives, actual pocket knives. And uh, I had a friend of mine gift me one and had Jeremiah 29 11 etched into the blade of it. And then a pastor that I've, I've just recently begun to watch uh, because he, he is more Bible teaching based. Uh, he was saying, here's a scripture for 2022, Jeremiah 29 11. And so I think that's beautiful, especially because I heard this scripture and I've always been drawn to the scripture, but specifically for 2022, hearing that and then having all of the events transpire, that is definitely something to lean on this year. The other one that's a favorite of mine is Isaiah 41.10, which is fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I think that's just a beautiful illustration of who God is and his faithfulness to us, even though uh, he is holy and we are unholy and how that has been bridged because of Christ. How applicable is that scripture today? Honestly, right? seriously, when Absolutely. there's a great amount of fear in the world that, yes. that is having faith to know that God is over all. Absolutely. Well, I want to go back to bullying for just a second. You sure. mentioned about some of the cruel things that you get on social media. Yes. When you get those, how do you go on with your day? How do you brush those off? Right. I can't even imagine because a person who's well-known like yourself, and like you said, the anonymity makes all these cowards just come out of the woodwork. Yes, absolutely. You know, to, to kind of paint a picture, and I don't mind sharing this because I do think that things like this that occur in darkness should be should be brought out to light. Few handful of times that I've given my opinion on something that is very much a, uh, a sore spot for people. I got so much visceral hate that ranged from people who, again, are people that are trying to claim to be very understanding and open and then magically are not. That It's that way for them. It's not for people like me. But I've gotten everything from people making fun of my looks, calling me an alien, calling me all these horrific slang names and profane names to straight up saying that they want to find me and kill me and the manner in which that they will do it. So, I mean, th- that that is pure satanic evil right? That's just wrong. Even if you don't like someone, you should never go that far in what you say. And the hypocrisy is unfortunately very real from that side of things. But when it, when it comes to that, you are right. I am a person who 
it can be very easy to hang on to something cutting like that. And again, even though it might be from a complete stranger who has no bearing on my life whatsoever, um, it can be difficult to release them. It can be difficult to kind of take a step back and say, you know what, it doesn't matter, let me let it go. I'm, I have been learning how to do that though, because of, unfortunately when it occurs with frequency, you need to. The thing that my mom told me, and this is so beautiful, and it's not in any getting back way, it's not in any uh, prideful way, but she simply told me, Atticus, I'm very angry that these people want to cause you harm. I'm very angry at the harm that they cause you, as I know you are. But you know who else knows? God. God knows. He knows what's going on with them and their reasoning why they're doing that and from where they're coming from, which granted is wrong. It is not correct. But God knows the why. And God knows your heart and what you meant when you expressed that opinion, which was not for a position of malice. It was to just speak the truth. And so she said, God knows. And that's their relationship. What they're doing is between them and God. And what you are doing is between you and God. And that's it. And I finally learned how to accept that. When stuff happens or bullying happens, does it have a negative effect? Of course, I'm human. And when someone you know, verbally smacks you across the face and spits on you, it's going to feel bad. It's not going to be pleasant. That's real. But it is what it is. These other people do not have a right to influence my life. You just kind of have to get to that point when you thicken up the skin, you know the truth, and you just kind of move forward. Well, next time one of those happens, Atticus, I hope that you will know that I think you're wonderful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Have you always listened to your mom? I'm curious because I have three teenagers and they never listen to me. How on earth did your mom get you to listen to her? My mom has always given me choices. When it was within her realm of ability to, she would always present two good choices and let me choose. And as I got older and as outside influences come in, there was a time frame where I, I was presented with more bad choices. And unfortunately, I would make bad choices here and there, but I would learn. And I know for a fact that while mom is not God, she might not be all-knowing. And even my mom has said this. She is not all-knowing, but she has learned from where she has been in her life. And she has wisdom. What's the definition of wisdom? Applied knowledge. And so in my mom, having applied knowledge, I have learned that when I have not heeded, when she's had an internal intuition warning about something, it always bit me in the butt. When I did listen to it and go, you know what, if mom's feeling the heebie-jeebies here, I got to pay attention. And I would, always would make it out all right on the other side. And actually, it's funny. Going back to when I was a kid, Uh, This was a story that definitely shaped me to be the man I am. We were in Home Depot and I was sitting in the cart, not in the upper part. I was a little bit bigger. So I was sitting in the, in the actual basket of the cart facing forward. And mom was taking me through the store. We need to get a couple things. This young African-American man who's about my age now, that's how he was at the time. I was little, little. He stops the cart out of nowhere and he looks square at me and he said, young man, is this your mom? And I go, yes. And he goes, always listen to your mom, always love your mom, and always respect your mom because you only get one. And your mom is going to be the most important person that will ever have your back in your life. Really? And it just 
out of nowhere. Like he was with some friends at the time and even they didn't know why he was doing this, but he did that to me and it stuck with me. It was the most calm, direct, straight in the eyes thing I've ever had in my life. And it just affected me so positively and so giving me this admiration for my mom and really unlocked me to listen to her. And that was even when I was super, super young. And so that was a moment that shaped my life. It really was. Your mom must be an amazing person. She is. She truly is. She will never say it herself. But to me, she is of the woman of God, warrior spirit of Ruth. I mean, she really is. Ruth and Naomi and all the greats of the Bible. Tell everyone where we can find you. Uh, I do still have my Facebook, but I unfortunately don't check it frequently. My Facebook is the official Atticus Schaefer fan page. I had to do that because I joined Facebook late. So just Atticus Schaefer was taken. Uh, But on YouTube, on Twitch, on TikTok, and on Instagram, you can find me at Atticus Schaefer Vlog with a V. And uh, again, as I mentioned, my new series is going to be dropping this Friday at the time of this recording. When this goes out, uh, it will already have been dropped. So definitely check that out on my YouTube channel. And I stream on my Twitch three times a week, every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, and on YouTube every Wednesday. I'm very excited. That is awesome. Atticus, what does America mean to you? What does America mean to me? It means uh, the true definition of freedom and not chaos. I love that. (laughs) That is simple yet so profound. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. It is my pleasure. I absolutely adored speaking with you. This was so much fun. It was a genuine pleasure to spend an hour with Atticus. He is a remarkable young man. I am so impressed with Atticus's fearlessness in sharing his conservative values and love for God and country. Be sure to check out Atticus on Twitch and Instagram. And if you have not seen an episode of The Middle, I strongly recommend you rectify that immediately. Spread your love of the We the People, Our American Story podcast by sharing with friends and family. Don't miss a single episode by subscribing today. We the People, Our American Story is on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Next week, my guest is Operation Enduring Warrior honoree Frank Fields. We the People, Our American Story is the podcast for Americans who love America.